This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys, we're live. What's going on? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We are going to go over, over everything you need to know when it comes to week three and fantasy football. Uh, there were a ton of takeaways, a ton of developments that happened uh, that we got to get into just so we're well-prepared going into week four. We still have one more game left tonight. Uh, Giants and Cowboys, you know, kind of anticipated before the season started. Obviously, Giants-Cowboys, big rivalry, but, you know, we were hoping we would see Dak Prescott. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to be, you know, Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones. Maybe this makes it a little bit more competitive. Uh, but... But yeah, so anyway, Zach, uh, this is your Cowboys. So yeah, you know, you you are gonna be able to watch your your team on Monday night. You were able to watch red zone nice All and peacefully. Yesterday. You know, yesterday without yeah. having to worry about the Cowboys. Uh, how are you feeling about tonight's game? Uh, I'm feeling all right. I think it is a much closer matchup. I mean, you know, if I'm if we're if we see the Dak that we saw last year, if he was playing and it was Dak from last year, you know, this would be an easy pick for Dallas to win. But you know, even if Dak was playing this year, if he played like he did in the first week. You know, I, I'm not sure this would be a blowout. You know, I think it would be a close game either way, whether it was Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott playing. Um, I'm just looking forward to Micah Parsons at this point. You know, I don't have high hopes for the season, but I would like to see Micah Parsons chase that uh, sack record. Um, he's on pace for a lot right now. But that's besides the point, not fantasy related. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. So that's, that's, that's interesting because, you know, he, he impacts fantasy a lot more than we think, honestly, because – um, you know, he's one of those dudes that, you know, can can mess things up for for an offense. So, uh, you know, the, when these, you know, key defensive playmakers, uh, you know, are on the field, it's going to stifle some fantasy production. Right. So, yeah, uh, he, he's definitely one of those guys. Um, but let's get into it, man. I want to I want to there's a lot to talk about this week, um, you know, and I know, I know a lot of people you know need Saquon to come through tonight. I know a lot of people, you know, like me, need Tony Pollard in one league. Oh, actually, I'm going against Lawrence. Uh, oh, really? Lord don't lose. Lord don't lose on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm going against him this week, and he has Saquon. I'm. I think I'm up by like one or two points. He has yeah, Saquon. One point. <laughs> one point. <laughs> I wish it was two. We just, we just uh, need not, not a big ask. Just Tony Pollard to outscore Saquon. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I just need Tony Pollard to outscore and, Saquon. And he has a one point cushion. So, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A little bit of a handicap. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I'm pulling for you. <laughs> crazier things have happened before. Uh, you know, I it's not like I had Ramondre Stevenson with his 20 points on the bench or Chris Olave with his 20 <laughs> points on the bench or, you know, me dropping Russell Gage before this week and having Lawrence play him uh, against me and yeah. giving him 20 points that basically won him the game. So, or, Ty or Tyler you know, Boyd, you know, hate to have or him Tyler on Boyd on my bench, uh, 20 points with him as well. <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing okay on this Monday. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway. We, gotta, uh, we have that one comment at the start. As soon as we went live, Sean Reed puts in, rough week in fantasy for me. I feel rough that. Rough week. I hear <laughs> that. I hear that. I hear that, man. All right. All right. Oof. All right. Let's get into it, man. Um. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is 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 the Bears. Uh, and and first of all, Darnell Mooney, I'm done with him. Like, yeah. I'm done. This How is about not any a, Bears pass catcher. <laughs> this is not an offense conducive to any sort of pass catching. Okay, unless it's like to the running back, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, but David Montgomery, he did get hurt in this game. He's considered day to day after leaving this game pretty early you know, in the game, um, you know, we had Khalil Herbert, like we knew that he was going to be their guy. Right. Yeah. And he did mix it up with Tristan Ebner a little bit uh, early in the second half. Uh, but in the, in the, in the second, uh, I'm sorry, in the first half, but in the second half of the game, he completely took over. He ended up with 20 carries for 157 yards, two touchdowns. He just went bonkers in yeah. this game, uh, had the best game of his career and had a better game than David Montgomery has ever had. Uh, yeah. So it's worth noting. Okay, he's available in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues. 
uh, more than 70% of ESPN league. So he would be a priority pickup this week. Now Montgomery was given a day to day status. Um, Mm -hmm. right. And I'm not sure if that is really the case. Like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, I guess medical opinion people on Twitter are suspecting a potential high ankle sprain, potential, you know, potential MCL sprain, so this might not be a day-to-day type of injury. This might mean uh, some sort of absence, right? And it could mean a multi-week absence. We'll see. Um, we don't know if the day-to-day stat. Well, you know, they said that the initial tests weren't that bad, and that's why they gave them that tag. But they're still going to be going through uh, some more testing today, this morning, probably as we speak, and we'll probably get some more news today. Uh, but to me personally, you know, first of all, you know, Herbert should have been rostered. Right. Yeah. And we've been talking about him get, being rostered. Yeah. So if he is available in your league, if someone dropped him last week because they need to pick up somebody to put in their lineup, he would be a priority add for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was going to touch on that. If you've been listening to the podcast or been paying attention to our posts, you know, you'd, you'd have Khalil Herbert on your team already. But um, he's been a priority pickup, I think, this whole season already. And now I think he's paying off on that um, very early. Uh, even if David Montgomery is truly day to day and say maybe he does get some work, you know, he he's good to go next week, and he does get some work. It's probably going to be limited, and Khalil Herbert, you know, he was getting touches even with David Montgomery healthy, so I, I wouldn't be too concerned about, you know, David Montgomery being too much trouble for Khalil Herbert next week. I think you could start him safely, Herbert, as I don't, I don't want to say an RB1 if, if Montgomery does play. If Montgomery does play, he's a safe RB2, Khalil Herbert is, but if he doesn't play then you know herbert might be an rb1 because that's yeah. all the bears are able to do at this point it's clear and as a justin fields owner i hate it they don't trust justin fields to run the offense at all so they're not going to throw it and it's just going to be a run game ground and pound and it's working for him so clear herbert is definitely an rb1 if montgomery doesn't play 100 man uh you know dalvin cook you know he dislocated his shoulder again right yeah. this was the exact injury that we were all afraid of um, the upside is so high with Dalvin Cook, and you know, even with that in the back of our minds during our drafts, like you know, we were okay with it, right? Because of the upside that he presents, and we were able to, like, you know, kind of brush that off a little bit. Now it's so early, right? And yeah, this happening so early, like, it can't be good, right? Like, he now has you know, he might have to have to deal with this all season long, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, and there's a chance that he dislocate, dislocates it again, right? So Oh, man. I mean, it's possible that he misses time. There is a report from Pro Football Talk that, you know, the expectation is that Cook will play next week with a brace on like he's done late last season. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a Pro Football Talk report, so I, would, I wouldn't I would take it as gospel. Um, now, right. if Alexander Madison, for whatever reason, was dropped, he's available in your league, he probably isn't available in your league because we know that he is, like, the best handcuff to have. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, he's he's probably – number one priority right um you know if i had to guess right now like he's probably not available in your league but you better pick his ass up if he is um because dalvin cook is gonna have to deal with this all year long this was what we feared you know that you know i was personally okay with taking dalvin cook you know and yeah i took him in a couple places but man like this is not good to start the year no absolutely not the only thing that I can kind of say to console those Dalvin Cook owners who are already dealing with his shoulder problem that we saw coming uh, or could have potentially come is he did return from this same shoulder injury last year and he had a monster day. Yeah. 205 yeah. yards on the ground, two touchdowns yeah. against Pittsburgh. So, you know, you can kind of hope maybe, you know, we've seen him play through it before. He'll be fine. But, um, you know, his production hasn't been what we want it to be already this year and any limitations um, further on him just make him less attractive as a RB1 option. Um, I'm not happy if I'm a Dalvin Cook owner. I'm not a Dalvin Cook owner, even though I tried to be. Um, so I, I feel for you guys that out there that are dealing with Dalvin Cook being banged up. Um, the hope is he doesn't have to deal with it long term. I don't know. If he does miss a week, it might actually serve him better. You know, if he can get right and take one week instead of deal with the injury and the pain and, you know, possible re-injury for a bunch of other weeks the rest of the season. Um, you know, obviously, as fantasy people, we take the one week over a bunch of limited weeks. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Dalvin Cook, it sucks. Alexander Madison, Madison um, I, he was being drafted as a handcuff just because I don't think anyone was letting him get to the wire. 
the waiver wire, but you know, like you said, if he is there, pick him up. Yeah, he's available. I'm looking at it right now. He's available at like in like 30% of leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's on that's on ESPN. So you know, he could be available in yours. Just check. Um, yeah. Now, it's funny, like like you mentioned that, and you know, he did with the harness. Maybe maybe he'll just have the harness on all year long, and we yeah. don't have to worry about that particular shoulder <laughs> you know you know kind of coming out of the socket again yeah. uh you know hopefully like it can't come out of the socket if it never went back in you know what I'm saying? But, yeah so just maybe just keep it on like all year long and you'll be okay but it's funny because when he did come back that 205 yard game uh 27 carries so like he got the harness on 27 carries the, the week the week after that 28 carries the week after that yeah. <laughs> so like two straight games of like really big workloads with Dalvin cook after the harness. So you're right. Maybe this is a good thing. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's not what you said. Um, <laughs> We're being very optimistic. <laughs> Damian Pierce is being used uh, as a workhorse on early downs for the Texans right now. Uh, he saw 20 carries. He, he caught both of his targets as well. Rex Burkett, he's basically being used as they're passing down back. This is kind of what we expected to start the year, not necessarily Rex Burkett playing a three-down role. So this is more in line of what we thought would happen coming into the year. So, you know, now there might be some volatility in Pierce's volume in negative game scripts, but as of right now, he's a low-end RB2 moving forward. You know, he has the possibility to see those those 20 carries. Uh, you know, we talked about him potentially getting 20 carries in this game. Um, so, you know, He's he's somebody that you can plug in your lineup every single week as an RB two at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just you know the early down role that's getting him there. He has he had the twenty carries. The only thing that worries me a little bit, and you know I, I'm not sure how it's going to affect him if it's going to affect him, but he did have two fumbles yesterday. Um, I don't know if that's going to earn Rex Burkhead some more playing time. I, I'm not sure if they're you know going to do something like that or not. Uh, we've seen running backs get doghouse like that before, <clears throat> James Robinson, but um, you know. So I I like I still love Damian Pierce. You know, if you picked him up, he's a value at this point. He's looking much better than he did two weeks ago, and people were kind of hitting the panic button on him. They're like, "What the heck? This isn't the early down role that we wanted." You know, Rex Burkhead's getting all the work, and you said it. You called it actually, and you said that you know Rex Burkhead is he really going to get the majority of the touches all year? He's thirty two years old. Is he really going to be the lead back for the Texans? And it's already switched over. I think it's Damian Pierce's backfield for the most part, and it's, I think it's only going to get better for him. So yeah, every week RB two. I'm happy putting him there because, you know, it doesn't seem like the Texans can get much going through the air either. I mean, you know, Davis Mills, he's he's been all right. But outside of that, um, you know, the, the majority of the production has been on the ground with Pierce. And Pierce looks good running when he actually – he passes the yes. eye test. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Tyler Conklin, he's somebody who should be – who you should be picking up at this point, you know, if you need a tight end. Seven targets last week, nine targets this week. Um, I'm sorry, seven targets in week one, nine targets last week, and then he caught eight of eight targets this week for 84 yards. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Zach Wilson is going to be back at QB this week, most likely. Uh, Elijah Moore drafters <laughs> like me are hoping that he starts seeing some quality targets and gets looked for more because it didn't happen in this game, even with Garrett Wilson kind of in and out of the lineup, uh, you know, with a couple of injuries. But, you know, that's that's disappointing. But that's besides the point. Uh, I think, you know, t- we could talk about it real quick. Elijah Moore, you know, you got to downgrade him a little bit at this point, right? Yeah. Three straight weeks, you know, really hovering around that 50 yard receiving yard mark. You know, we got to see what he's going to do with Zach Wilson. I still am going to rank him as a wide receiver three. He's still going to be in my top 36, uh, yeah. but he's not going to be that high end wide receiver three, like how, how I've been ranking him. Um, it might be more on the lower end of that right now. We'll, we'll see how that, how that works out. And on, when do we go over wide receivers on Fridays? Yeah. You know, we'll go over that on Friday. But Elijah Moore, got to downgrade him a little bit. Tyler Conklin, he's been getting the targets. He's getting – and we talked about it after week one and after week two, the fact that he was seeing such a high rap participation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and this is exactly what you want to see. He's been running more than 80 85%. Um, that's his, his, rap, his route uh, participation has been there, and that's what – kind of we expected coming into the year because um you know CJ Ozama isn't really like a pass catching guy. Uh I think it seems yeah. like he was brought in more to be a blocker. So um that's something to take note. And although I know a lot of people are struggling at the tight end position. So he's somebody to look at on waivers this week. Um and on that Jets offense man, Brees Hall is looking like a bye to me at this point. Yeah. He had his second double digit target game 
Um, I, I know that that first game, you know, some sites say nine targets, some say 10. Uh, but e- either way, he's going to, he's close to 10 targets uh, in two games. Uh, Michael Carter, you know, he was kind of still leading on early downs, but Brees Hall finally led in snap share. Uh, he was a primary third down guy. He also had the short yardage snaps as well. Um, so he's a potential league winning running back. And we've talked about that, right? If I'm three and or two and one, after three weeks, I'm looking at him to potentially be that like that oomph, right? That gets you over the top down the stretch. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to deny him too much longer. Like he's in the top 10 right now in yards after contact per attempt. And like he just looks good. And he's a guy that is going to be starting to break some big plays, right? It remind, It's reminding me of Jonathan Taylor last year, dude. It really is. The type of usage that he's getting early in the year and the fact that he's been really good with his touches, you know, I think – is no denying him and the fact that they're using him this much in the past game right and this might not just be a a joe flacco thing the fact that he's running this many routes you know in terms of like the dropbacks that are actually happening i think Brees hall can potentially be a big time add uh for somebody down the stretch yeah i I think that's a good way to analyze it you know i'm not sure how fast and furious the targets are going to continue coming without Joe Flacco at under center. You know, when Zach Wilson comes back, he's been a pretty low-volume passer, at least from what we've seen so far in his career. Um, but you do mention that Brees Hall is running a lot of routes. We'll see if the targets come. You can – and, you know, kind of talking – going back to what you're saying about Elijah Moore. Um, you can panic a little bit, but I'm not too panicked yet. You know, I'm kind of hanging my hat on the fact that Zach Wilson's coming back. You know, Elijah Moore, he might get – it might be a big change. You know, suddenly Zach Wilson might start throwing his, uh, Elijah Moore and he might start getting that volume that we want to see and the quality targets that we want to see. But, you know, that's just a silver lining. Um, as long as Joe Flacco's our quarterback, you know, this is kind of what we're going to expect. I think that the running back numbers might be a little inflated, but I do agree that it could end up tipping, you know, one way, and it might be in Brees Hall's favor more than Michael Carter. Um, they've both been benefiting from a high volume, um, just being peppered by targets from Joe Flacco. But I think that, you know, Zach Wilson could be looking for Brees Hall. He'll, he'll, he might be on the field more. Yeah, and, and it's really just about, you know, it, it's for me, it's less about the targets that he's getting. Um, well, that is part of it because of the fact that, you know, they do want to use him in the pass game. Uh, yeah. So two out of three games, the fact that they were able to do that with him is great. Uh, and his targets per route run is also up there near the top of the league. Because I think there's only three running backs so far in three weeks who've hit, who have seen 30 targets um, yeah. or, or something like that, or 20 targets. I think he's one of them. Um so, you know, and I'm just looking at, you know, his snap share right now. This is the first time that he was, you know, even close to 50%, right? Um, so he was 60 uh, what was it, 60%, 45% in week one, and then it went way down to 29% in week two, and then in week three, it went up to 54%. So, right. you know, 55% route participation for him, which is legit, and that, I feel like that's going to go up as well. So. You know, 19 opportunities for him. I feel like you know it's it, he's on his way, and it's he kind of done he kind of did it in a low key way. Didn't score this game. I think yeah. this is the time to kind of kind of pounce and to see, especially you know if you if someone drafted Brees Hall, right? There's a chance that like that team, you know, might not you know be great, right? They might be one and two after two weeks. Yeah. They might be zero and three, uh, and they might need to make a move, right? And Brees Hall might be part of a package that they want to give up, right? Yeah. So. So, yeah, and we'll probably talk more about him on Wednesday in the buy-sell show. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, just May- one, one, yeah, one, one last thing. Um, you know, one of the dings that we actually had on Brees Hall, I remember we put out the post right before the draft, you know, maybe Brees Hall will be taken off the field on passing downs, and that obviously hasn't been the case. So this usage right. is actually better than what we actually anticipated, I think, and that's a good point. That's something I'm kind of taking note of when yeah. you talk about buying him. I think that, you know, makes me more turned on to that idea. Hundred percent, because there is a role for him on th- on all three downs, and that's right. what he's been he's been used on every down. He's been used in every situation, and now he has the lead in every situation. So that's and now I'm hoping that that even that goes up even more. Yeah, um, you know, but yeah, that's a good point. Joe Mixon also a little bit banged up. He had a sore ankle, which is why he split time with Samaji P. Ryan, especially late in that game. Uh, he might be worth an ad just in case. Uh, but we know that he is the handcuff there, to, you know, based on how they use them. The word is that Mixon is fine. That's the mm-hmm. word that they used. But, you know, he he 
he, I think he's playing on Thursday night this week, right? Yeah, he is. He's playing on Thursday night. So a little bit of a short turnaround here. So, you know, you might want to pick up Piran just in case Mixon is either limited, he doesn't practice this week, or he just doesn't go and they want to rest him. Um, yeah. You know, and if you're wondering between P. Ryan and Chris Evans, P. Ryan outsnapped Chris Evans 23 to 2 in this game. So I think it's pretty clear that P. Ryan is the guy uh, with Chris Evans healthy. Looks like looks like Zach fell asleep here. Uh, it's so funny, Zach, because your your face just froze, and it yeah. froze on, when you with your eyes closed. So yeah, we, it looked it literally looked like you fell asleep. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have I'm my internet's being a little choppy right now, so I'm no, hoping no. that I pick up the tail end of what you say when you're talking and I can respond. But uh, no, you're good yeah, now. My internet's still a little choppy. Yeah. Yeah, you're good now. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like P. Ryan is going to be the guy uh, if Joe makes a word of miss time. So he's another handcuff. Is a third handcuff that you're going to have to pick up uh, this week. Yeah, so uh, I think so. Yeah, um, moving on to the Raiders. Mac Hollins, 158 receiving yards. By the way, guess what? Guess who has more receiving yards in the year? Mac Hollins or Devonte Adams? Yeah, the answer is Mac Hollins. Hollins. Yeah. More <laughs> ten targets in this in this this week. Devonta Adams and Darren Waller combined for less than sixty yards. Thank you, Derek Carr. Thank you. <laughs> you know, in week one, you know Devonta Adams got a ridiculous target share. You know, it's similar to what we saw week one of last year when Darren Waller had like eighteen targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was hoping that it wouldn't turn into that situation because it's Devonta Adams, mm-hmm. but not looking great in a, in a week where Hunter Renfro wasn't even on the field. He chose to go Mac Hollins way. And I understand it. You know, Mac Hollins, he got the production, right? But the Raiders are also 0-3. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only 0-3 t- team so far. Oh, you know, okay. After, yeah. I didn't even think about weeks. that. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't go chasing Hollins on the waiver wire. Okay. Hunter yeah. Renfro probably going to come back. I think Hollins is like 29 years old. This is the best game he's ever had. Don't go chasing that production. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we think, you know, Derek Carr could keep screwing us. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I take particular offense to Derek Carr throwing to Mac Hollins as a Devontae Adams owner. But um, it's just, you know, I hated seeing that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Mac Hollins, you know, if you started him, good for you. Devontae Adams is... I don't understand it. You compared him to Darren Waller last season. I had Darren Waller last season, and it's just giving me flashbacks of that same thing happening because he had a fantastic you remember that, right? One. Yes, I remember it clear as day because there I was sitting in week one thinking, man, I got a steal. You know, I got Darren Waller. I, I drafted him high or something like that. You know, he got 17 targets. He's going to actually return on investment, <laughs> and then he just shot the bed. But Devonta Adams, I'm hoping he doesn't. That's not the same thing. And the thing that really got me upset about the way they were using Devonta Adams is that it was a negative game script. You know, they were coming from behind. There was plenty of passing opportunity. It just all went to Mac Hollins. Um, you know, it's not, I don't think it's any fault of Devontae Adams, but no. I mean, they're on an 0 3 team. Maybe he's not playing as inspired. He's not living the Devontae, he's not living the Devontae Adams life that we saw him in um, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, I think they threw like four or five red zone passes in a row, and none of them went to Devontae Adams. And it's just, it's, it runs completely contrary to the fact that they went and paid Devonta Adams all that money, you know, to go and get like four or five catches a game. I mean, he does have three touchdowns in three weeks. Um, good for him. But it's just not the production that we want to see, especially after they he gave us a taste of what he could do in week one. And now it's just been disappointment two weeks in a row. We are definitely going to be clipping up that rent. No doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Moving on to the Titans. Uh, Robert Woods was the leading receiver for the Titans this week. But if you have him with your team, I use him as like an add-on in a trade, you know, if you can. Because uh, he actually had a good week. I would take advantage of it. It's not that often the Titans, you know, have a receiver, you know, worth, you know, having and starting. Yeah. But Traylon Burks, he's the guy I'm trying to buy. He's the Titans receiver that I want. We don't yeah. have to worry about his playing time anymore because he did lead the Titans in routes this week. Finally, Traylon Burks has arrived, man. Like, you know, he didn't do it on the stat sheet, you know. At all. He looked good <laughs> to me. You know, on that one, he, he almost had a touchdown in this game. Like, yes. you know, he had that slant. He caught it. You know, that was his one catch. <laughs> yeah. I think he was only targeted Ooh, a few times. That's the, that's uh, the show. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, he actually is leading the league uh, before coming into this game. He was like near the top of the league in yards per route run because he didn't run that many routes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he looks good to me. I buy him while he's pretty cheap. The fact that he ran the most routes among all Titans wide receivers is a great sign for him. And he passes the eye test to me. It's just a matter of them u- utilizing him more. And I think that's going to come. Um, I think they need that. They need that to- type of firepower. Um, and I'm I'm looking to acquire him on the cheap. What I would do is I wouldn't even try to just, gra- you know, try to trade somebody one for one for him. What I would do is I would do a two for one trade, but I would let the other team have like the two players come into me and Traylon Burks being like the add-on, being like the decoy but yeah. it's actually him that I want. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't <laughs> right. produce at all, right? It's it, He looks like a throw-in. So I would try to tr- buy him as a throw-in while I'm also buying one of that the other players on that whoever has Burke's team. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And that's something you could do extra, extra cheap. So with with any players like you're going it's going to be a bench move pretty much at the mo- at most. You're not going to be yeah. I don't think trading any starters in this transaction. No. So you don't need to just add a little quality depth. Even if it's two for one, you could pick up somebody good on the waiver wire. Yeah. You'll have plenty more down the line. Plenty more guys show up the waiver wire heroes. It's only week three still. So yeah. um, th- there's plenty of time. I-, I think that's a good move. Christian McCaffrey had a second 100-yard rushing game, uh, but is being severely underutilized in the pass game right now. Just got to keep starting him, obviously. Um, you know, just pray that he starts getting used right. I think one clear thing I was wrong about before this season is thinking that Baker Mayfield can be good. Like, you were on the <laughs> money with this one. Like, he can't even get the ball in McCaffrey's hands. DJ yeah. Moore, you know, 24% target share in this game, but they just didn't they just didn't throw the ball enough, right? The entire game, they were up against the Saints. Like, it is unfortunate it's really tough to trust DJ Moore right now in our lineups, right? He's going to be, you know, maybe a wide receiver three for me. Like it's kind of in that Elijah Moore, you know, range, you know, but yeah. Elijah Moore has been producing more than DJ Moore at this point. Right. Um, yeah. So who, what other more, is there any other Moors that are doing well? Mm. Right? Chris like, Moore on the Texans. Uh, Chris Moore is doing better. Chris Moore, um, hang on. We got, <laughs> we got stat this because freaking if Chris Moore has more points than DJ Moore, that's going to be, something because that's I actually ha- i have it pulled up right here so let's see elijah Moore, 59 and elijah Moore's 56 and chris moore's at chris moore's 75 but 75. he did have a nine point performance uh rondale hasn't played sky Moore, played. um sky Moore. no had negative this points last this isn't week. the year for the moors no it doesn't seem like it. i mean you know it sucks because we, 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 we love <laughs> we need more production we love dj moore's talent but he just been stuck with such bad quarterbacks and it's like reminding me kind of of terry mclaurin um and it's funny that they're both from the same draft class but um is that right i think so maybe who, who mclaurin and dj moore i think so yeah no right? no i don't know they weren't mclaurin was drafted three oh, years ago more, more was 2018 is that what it yeah was? it's so funny like dj moore seems so i mean dj was very young he might be the same age as terry mclaurin yeah, no, and I, and I know we're getting off a tangent, but like I don't really care. No, Terry McLaurin's older. DJ, DJ Moore's twenty five. Yeah, so yeah, isn't that crazy? DJ was drafted before McLaurin, but is two years younger. Yeah, that kind yeah. of reminds me of Amari Cooper. You know, um, he's actually very young, but he's in the league, been in the league a lot of years. One um, difference between DJ Moore and Amari Cooper is that DJ Moore has every single year he's been, you know, targeted at a very high rate. You know, yeah, and like that's true. Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper has. Also, but DJ Moore at an even higher rate than him and legit number one wide receiver type of workload. But this mm. year, anyway, man. yeah, like I, Moore, I've never been wanting Sam Darnold back more than right now. So <laughs> just to see, we're not even Gaffin's confident. Hands. We're not even confident just, in how this offense will be. Just yeah, check it gotta, down, dude. Yeah, we just got to see. You know, if you're not checking it down, just throw it to DJ Moore, please. Jo- Joshua in the in the in the chat is asking, would you? trade dj Moore for Traylon burks I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't go if that you're getting if you're getting dj Moore, sure. if you're getting dj Moore, sure <laughs> I, I would but i i know it's really frustrating with dj Moore right now but you might be even more frustrated with burks i know there's like that appeal of the upside for Traylon burks but we already know what dj Moore is and you know there's a much higher chance that dj Moore goes ballistic than Traylon burks you know? yeah so and, and you drafted uh, dj Moore very high most likely at least relative to Traylon burks if you drafted yeah. Traylon Burks at all, you might at all you might have got him as a waiver pickup. So. And, and Josh, to be honest with you, like you can probably go further down your roster to find somebody that you know the Traylon Burks uh, manager might be able to you know be be okay with. 
You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not like Burks did his thing this week, you know. Um, unless the uh, that person's also an upper hand fantasy follower, then then they know what's up. Might but be like, a tough time, yeah. For the most part, no, I don't think so. Everyone's looking for a way to improve their team, and I'm not sure if many many view Traylon Burks as being that dude, right? Right now, you know. Yep. But yeah, all right. So, uh, you know, keep starting McCaffrey. Obviously, he's still a high end RB one. DJ Moore. I understand. If you have other options, I get it. I get it. Mm. Chris Olave, though, like if I have Chris Olave, I'm playing him over DJ Moore. Yeah. He had his breakout game this week. Uh, after after last week, we saw it coming. It was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous amount of air yards. This is why weighted opportunity is very important to pay attention to, guys. And we literally talked about it last week. It's like, hey, if the production isn't there, right, then you want to yeah. like look at the underlying utilization to see what's up. And that's what happened with Chris Olave here. And Nine that's how catches. you find your buy low candidates. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you find them. Nine catches, 13 targets, 147 yards. He got the ridiculous usage last week. This is the follow-up. He should he, At this point, he should be in lineups. right? Michael yeah. Thomas, he suffered a toe injury. Jarvis Landry had an ankle injury. So, again, Olave should be in lineups next week. 32% target share, 40% air yards this week. You know, he led the wide receivers in targets before they got hurt. He had four targets. And Michael Thomas and uh, Jarvis Landry each had three. So, you know, we're gonna we'll keep you up to date on the injuries to these other Saints wide receivers. We didn't get an update yet on Thomas or on Landry, uh, so we'll see where that goes. But for now, this dude has to be in your lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm not gonna take my victory lap, victory lap just yet. But I think it was back in May. Right after the draft, I put out a post and I said that, you know, not maybe he's not Justin Jefferson right now, but Chris Olave, he said he set up for instant fantasy success. I had a post on that and did. it's coming. It's coming to fruition. You know, here's Chris Olave. He's being a target hog. Him. I, I just want to say I saw that one coming. Just a little pat on the back right there. But oh yeah, awesome. Awesome to see. You know, this is kind of what I anticipated. Even this happened. This is before even Jarvis Landry signed. And I knew Michael Thomas could be a little banged up. And it is early in the season. but. This is very promising, especially from, you know, demanding work, um, getting the targets that he needs, you know, uh, love to see that kind of thing happening. Um, granted, it was a very negative game script for the Saints and the whole offense looks out of sorts. So it might be a little bit. Um, I'm not sure how much I trust the production to be super awesome every week, but it's going to be there regardless because the volume is there. Um, the Saints offense, you know, is just a big question mark. I know. Uh, a couple friends of mine, they're Alvin Kamara owners, and they're crying right now because they don't know what to do with Alvin Kamara. Um, the offense just doesn't look the same, but Chris Olave, regardless, especially with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry now banged up, there's really only one receiver that they're going to be looking for, and that's Chris Olave. And he had like some ridiculous air yardage right last last week, was it? Like 300 yards? Yeah. And this week we just saw more of the same. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily 300, but he was just targeted like a madman. So love to see it. I'm buying Alvin Kamara. I'm buying him. You're still buying him? I don't even know if I would. Like the I'm whole- buying it. Oh, yeah. They, they, that, see, there you go. Exactly why I'm buying him, right? Like, if upper hand Zach, you know, <laughs> doesn't even want Alvin Kamara right now, this means that a lot of people are willing to sh- willing to trade him, right? Yeah. He's still playing on 70% of snaps. He's still banged up. He ran around on 62% of dropbacks. He still had 21 opportunities. You give Alvin Kamara 21 opportunities most times, he's going to do his thing for you, right? And he's, he was single-digit fantasy points in the first few weeks. Yeah. I am buying Alvin Kamara right now. This is an opportunity to swoop in. You know, nobody is high on Alvin Kamara right now, but he still he still has the talent. He just opened the season banged up. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram playing a little bit more. He, he's the one who got the touchdown this week. Most weeks, that's not going to happen. Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara, you know, he's on his way. He just needs to kind of get a little bit healthy. Uh, this offense, you know, is a little bit in is a, in is in a little bit of a funk right now. If Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry end up missing a couple weeks, there's gonna be more targets to go around to Alvin Kamara. So I don't look at this as a situation where I'm avoiding Alvin Kamara. If I have him, I'm not selling him for cheap. Just stay patient with him. Okay. He's gonna be fine. Uh, the only thing that worries me with Kamara is just the offense doesn't look the same as the offenses that we've seen Kamara get featured in. And just the quality of touches, they're doing a lot more handing off than passing to him, 
which, you know, doesn't really make sense to me. But at the same time, you know, it's Jameis Winston. Um, he likes to push the ball downfield. And on the, I don't know if you saw that one play where he just literally chuck it in the end zone and got bailed out by Marquez Calloway. Um, he, he likes to throw the ball downfield. So maybe that might be contributing to it a little bit. Um, you know, Winston's also a little banged up. Maybe if, like, you know, if he would miss a week. You know, there, I actually saw a report that he might miss a week just because he is banged up. Maybe throwing Andy Dalton in the fire might give him a little spark. Uh, a quarterback like that that would target the running backs a little bit more might be what Kamara needs to get back on track. But um, I, I, I just think the offense doesn't look the same. I'm not – I think even if Alvin Kamara does come back around, it's going to be like RB2 production, not necessarily RB1 production that we've come to know and love. Um, but that's just – that might be me overreacting. But from what I've seen, I'm yeah, not – Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's an overreaction. You know, because I think that I think regardless of how this offense looks, right, if he's going to get 20 plus opportunities per game and most of that coming in the receiving game and we'll get to that part, he's going to have RB1 production. Right. Yeah. Um, By definition. But but has he had that passing game game production? You know, he really hasn't. Yeah. He had seven targets. targets? Well, he had seven across two games. That's seven in this game. And then four in the other game that he's active. He obviously missed week two. But um, well, yeah. in week one, relatively limited in that game, right? And we were yeah. wondering what happened there. He also didn't run that many routes in that game. So in week one, let me, let's let's take a quick look at it. In week one, Atlanta, uh, yeah. Kamara only ran around on forty eight percent of dropbacks, so not what he's used to. Um, he saw only four targets in that game compared to his and his and nine carries, so thirteen total opportunities. That's not an Alva Kamara type of workload that we've seen. So seven targets in this game, you know, is solid. You know, like if you told me that you know Alvin Kamara is going to get seven targets, I would be very happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just going to add to whatever rushing production that he has. Um, now the Saints' offensive line has some issues right now, um, so I'm, I'll be a little bit worried about that. But it hasn't really affected the production a whole lot you know when it comes when it comes to these running backs and you know they haven't been terribly inefficient so not too worried about it. i know and like you said the offense doesn't look like how it should be but yeah. this offense is a i you know this is when it comes around that's when alvin Kamara will probably start doing his thing so i don't think this offense is going to look like terrible you know for the for the foreseeable future I think eventually it's going to come around and eventually he's going to get his work. Um, Alvin Kamara is still that dude. Like he hasn't, you know, lost a step or anything like that. And I don't think that, you know, him seeing 20 touches on an offense that might not be as good as they used to be. Like, for example, like with Drew Brees, right? Yes, he used to chuck it down to Alvin Kamara all the time. But however, Alvin Kamara was near the top of the league in, in stats like yards per route run and things like that because he's really good in the receiving game. Um, so I think he is going to end up getting his eventually so listen uh if you can if you can buy alvin Kamara right now as an rb2 like you're buying him at, at his floor um uh, but i do think that his floor eventually maybe it's maybe it's in a week maybe it's in two weeks once he, that rib injury uh is fully healed remember he didn't practice in full this week so you know it's not he's not all the way there yet once he gets there i do think that he's going to have at least low-end rb1 production and that will right. only be only be because this offense, you know, might not be as good. Um, but I'll say this: if Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are back, it doesn't mean they don't even necessarily need Jarvis. Uh, but I think this offense can be good, and I think they're going to be a lot better than what they've shown uh, over the last few weeks. Right. So Kamara, you'd say, is a hold, but if you can buy him, go for it. I would That's say so. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to sell him right now. Not while his you're not going to be able to sell him. You're not yeah. going to be able to sell yeah. Well, you can sell them, but you're not going to get some value back. You're not going right? to be His happy with what you're getting. extremely deflated right now, and that's the type of move that you're going to be upset with in a few weeks. Yeah. You know? Now, it looks like Mac Jones <laughs> – this one made me laugh a little bit. It, it looks like Mac Jones is going to miss some time with a severely painful high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, he, he's going to miss uh, several weeks at the very least. We'll probably see Brian Hoyer in there uh, ahead of Bailey Zapp uh, while he's out. Hoyer should be picked up in Superflex in two quarterback leagues. We'll see if the Patriots make any other moves, whether it's like, you know, bringing Cam Newton back. Yeah. I don't know if that, that's going to happen or if they make a move for Jimmy G. Oh, wait, that can't happen. Uh, so there, there might be something that they do. But for now, most likely going to be Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Uh, this passing offense didn't necessarily look great. Um, play calling was extremely questionable. Uh, but Devontae Parker, he was able to do his thing. 
you know, with no Jacoby Myers in this game, he looked good, right? Yeah. We knew we knew he had it in him. He's just been inconsistent because he can't stay healthy and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Brian Hoyer likes to do. Just something to keep in mind um, just because also Brian Hoyer, you know, maybe he has different, you know, uh, different guys that he likes to target, right? Jacoby Myers will still likely lead them in target share when he's healthy. Uh, but, you know, something to keep an eye on in terms of maybe a redistribution of target share. Yeah, for in, sure. In New England. Um, yeah, uh, Mac, Mac Jones, you know, being down. Maybe they'll bring in Mike White, something like that, and try to get a spark. If you remember Mike White. Um, yep, I can Jets, see that. But yeah. Listen, man, the Jets ain't going to do it, though. The Jets aren't going to trade the great Mike White yeah, to the, the Patriots. The legendary story of Mike White. We ain't trying to help the Patriots, man. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Dobbins came back this week. Uh, he was in a timeshare with Justice Hill in his first game back. What a random backfield that yeah. they have over there. You know, uh, Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, nope. Just Dobbins and Justice Hill. And, and mm-hmm. Hill looked good, though. Like, he, you know, no reason to make Dobbins a workhorse just yet. Like, it's possible that Dobbins gets more work next week, but he likely won't be in my top 24 running backs just yet. Um, yeah. You know, Justice Hill also, you know, he even had one more goal line snap than Dobbins in this game. So everything's off the table. There's no clear, def- clearly defined roles at all. We'll see if that ends up happening. But, you know, just got to continue to be patient with Dobbins if you did end up drafting him. Yeah, no, there's nothing to worry about with Dobbins. Um, you know, Justice Hill, he did look good, but I think that ultimately Dobbins is going to take it over. Um, the storyline for me out of that, it wasn't even the running backs. It's just that Lamar Jackson is a monster and he's exactly what, He's looking like MVP Lamar. Um, yeah. It's just he's earning himself a lot of money. I, just, You know, he had an awesome week last week, and now he had an awesome week this week. I think it's two straight 40-point performances for him now. It's yeah. just, like, ridiculous. So Yeah, Lamar, Lamar. Is, yeah. is just on a different level. He's been balling since, since week one, and, dude, like, he's on a different planet right now. And what's crazy is that he's getting, done, getting it done in the past game, like throwing those touchdowns, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's been efficient. You know, Hyper efficient. I mean, Rashad Bateman, right? Obviously, he didn't get it done th- this past week, but he's been getting it done for him. Mark Andrews has been getting it done for him. Yeah. And, you know, Devin Duvernay. Like, these guys have just been coming through. And yeah, Lamar, Jackson, L- Lamar Jackson is elevating these guys, right? Like, yeah. they're, good, they're great players, right? Bateman's great. Mark Andrews is great. But, like, he's, he's taking these guys in this offense to a different level, and it, it's not even taking volume in the past game to do it. Yeah, the question was, who was Lamar Jackson going to throw to? They're like, oh, you know, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, who else? You know, people are stepping up, and um, it's also Lamar, it's also Lamar Jackson. He has two now two straight hundred yard rushing days, and he has a touchdown on the ground. It's just like it, he he we, people were hesitant to rank him there because he was banged up last season, and it might have been a little unfair. <laughs> it's easy to say that now, but um, this is the upside you chase when you draft Lamar Jackson, and you're reaping the benefits right now. If you did. For sure. For sure. Now, I just want to take a quick break to talk about underdog fantasy real quick. If you're in the live stream, you can see right here what code you can use uh, to go check it out. But yesterday, we did all right. You know, in our underdog pickums, Thursday night, we did all right as well. Uh, I posted a bunch of potential pickums that you can choose uh, over on our Instagram uh, right before this. Uh, but you should check out the lines yourself and just to kind of see like what picks uh, that you could choose for tonight's game. Tonight's game isn't really like the, the you know, the most exciting game in the world, but yeah. you know, one way to make it exciting is, is to download underdog, you know, on your phone or you can use it on your desktop. Um, you basically can, you know, choose a bunch of picks. Like for example, Saquon Barkley, you know, over 80 yards rushing. I, I'm not exactly sure what the line is, but I actually, I have it right here. Um, mm-hmm. I have a few of them here. You have Tony Pollard, you know, over a couple of catches. You have uh, Daniel Jones. I have him maybe throwing a pick, so over 0.5 interceptions, right? And you can actually put a lot of the, there's a lot of choices for tonight's game, but you can basically put all those together, um, and you can combine them, uh, you know, into one kind of like it's kind of like a parlay, but it's not a parlay. Um, but you basically want to compile them all and you can multiply your money, uh, based on, you know, how many picks you have, right? So if you have three picks, you six X, whatever you put in, if you get four picks, right, you 10 X, whatever you put in, if you get five picks, right, you end up 20 Xing, whatever you put in. So you can end up 20 Xing your money in one night. All right. So, uh, right now, if you use the code upper hand, uh, when you sign up and make your first deposit, you can actually double 
that money. All right. So if you put in 50 bucks, you're going to get a hundred bucks to play with. So it's a no brainer. Go check it out. Uh, Not only do they have these pickums, but you can also do uh, you can also do best ball drafts actually now. Uh, you know, is you know, before the season is when we did a lot of our drafts, but you can actually do some best ball drafts uh, that are just kind of for, for part of the season. So, you know, yeah. you, you can take a look at what kind, what kind of contests are available for that. So, so check that out. Uh, I'll have the link right here in the description uh, of the, of YouTube and on the podcast. So make sure you go, go check out underdog fantasy and use code upper hand. All right. Let's continue with the Sunday review. Um, now, if you're wondering why Jamal Williams was able to rack up 22 touches and two touchdowns this week, DeAndre Swift seems to have picked up another injury, shoulder injury, on top yeah. of his ankle injury. And that limited him to only 50% of snaps. So we were hoping that it wasn't a big deal coming into Monday. But Tom Pelissero is reporting that Swift might miss some time. So Jamal Williams, he might be close to a must-start in week four, if that's the case. Yeah. And definitely on the new lines, the new look lines offense that's suddenly scoring a lot of points. And mm-hmm. that's what the lines have been doing. You know, if you watch the Lions games this season, it's just been delivering Jamal Williams to the goal line and then handing him the ball. Um, especially, you know, DeAndre Swift owners are, they're kind of butthurt about that because, you know, DeAndre Swift, the first two weeks, he had two big carries that took him down the goal line and then they replaced him with Jamal Williams. He got the touchdown. But the fact is, Jamal Williams is scoring touchdowns. He, I think he's like one of the touchdown scrimmage touchdown leaders right now. He's he has a bunch of touchdowns, um, and he, there's not much competition behind Williams for touches. They have what's his name, uh, Craig Reynolds or whatever, but he's very very um, he, he's not getting any type of workload they have to worry about with Jamal Williams. Um, Jamal Williams like he's maybe a must start. I think he is a must start because he he's a good running back. You know even with you know, him being the backup, he's going to produce for you every week. He's been producing for you even with DeAndre Swift on the field. So, you know, you can happily start him. It's just more touches going his way. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy because, you know, coming into the year, listen, DeAndre Swift, we might not have seen this type of production from Jamal Williams, but, you know, DeAndre Swift did pick up an ankle injury, you know, early in the year, which kind of led to a lot of Jamal Williams, a lot more than we thought, you know, would have happened. But, their fantasy points, if you look at them side by side, uh, they're basically identical at this yeah. point. So, you know, like you said, Jamal Williams in your lineup if DeAndre Swift misses time. If you if you have DeAndre Swift, you better be looking for another option just in case he misses. Yeah. Um, Devontae Smith, man, he's really come on after his, you know, donut in week one. Uh, he's really come on over the past two games. Slow start, but he just went eight for 169 a touchdown. He balled out. Um, and that Adrian was Brown, all primarily in the first half. So like right. they really let their foot off the gas in the second half. For sure. Um, and AJ Brown got his as well. He got his touchdown. And these two combined for 63% target share. Goddard also got his touchdown. So we got a really, you know, top heavy target distribution here. It's exactly what we're looking for. So, yeah, you know, guess what? Right? Jalen Hurts, he's getting it done, man, for these pass catchers in a big way. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen Hurts is – third in the league in pass yards uh yeah. over the first three weeks which is pretty impressive and not something we were kind of expecting something like this well no, that's what we were looking for we weren't necessarily people, expecting it yeah and we but we we knew that it was in the realm of possibilities right like we yeah. knew that they were potentially going to be a pass heavy team um and we were hoping that it would happen and yeah. we didn't doubt Jalen Hurts you know at all you know it's just the fact that you know the fact that they were super run heavy last year right a lot of people were pointing to that yeah but now that they got AJ Brown now that they got all these pass catchers and they're just unleashing Jalen Hurts and they're letting him cook this is how you let a quarterback cook you know what I'm saying and and he's doing it he's doing his thing in a big way yeah, and that's what we said, you know, this whole offseason. If Jalen Hurts takes a step forward, if Jalen Hurts takes a step forward, what does it mean for Devontae Smith? What does it mean for A.J. Brown? It's like we're seeing it happen, and this is like best-case scenario for Jalen Hurts. Um, we kind of compared it. Oh, no, we didn't compare him to Lamar Jackson, but he has that type of impact right now where he's a dual threat. And it's not just like, oh, he's scrambling five or six times and he's picking up a few yards. Um, it's just kind of it's kind of like an accessory to his passing work. No, the rushing game is it's been there. This wasn't a huge rushing day for Hertz, 
but he's showing showing us that it's not just a fluke. He's not just having a good game or two in the passing game. That he's actually improved as a passer, and that just makes him just like the ultimate fantasy asset. Obviously, he hasn't produced up to the level of guys like Lamar Jackson, but he is still awesome fantasy quarterback. And it's good news for the Eagles pass catchers, especially Devontae Smith. Nobody saw that performance coming. I, I think they saw that. that th- if they heard that an Eagles receiver was going to have eight catches for 169 yards and a touchdown, they would have said A.J. Brown 10 times out of 10. That's who got that stat line. Um, so now that complicates things kind of for A.J. Brown. You know, um, I'm not sure if Devontae Smith is going to be that involved every single week. Um, if you're an A.J. Brown owner, you have to wonder the same thing. But at least A.J. Brown got his touchdown. You can fall back on that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes moving forward. But I'd still put my trust in A.J. Brown to get the targets over Devontae Smith, even though Devontae Smith looked really good. You know, he was going up and making aggressive catches, and he's not oh, yeah. a big guy. So that yeah. was really – that just kind of threw me for a, a loop a little bit. I was like, is this actually Devontae Smith? Because he was a guy that's <laughs> – he's supposed to be the route runner. He's supposed to be smooth, you know. Um, he was making some uh, serious contested catches in that game. Yeah, and they, they, they actually had a couple more that he missed and opportunities that he could have had, you know. Obviously, right. you're not going to catch them all. But, um, you know, if he hit another one of those, it would have been an even bigger day. No. I would probably sell Devonta Smith high if I can. Like yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to do this every week. Obviously, because AJ Brown is there. He's going to guy. He's going to be the guy demanding targets. And, and the fact that Devonta was able to have this game, it's showing other teams what the, what they're capable of if they're going to if they're going to blanket AJ Brown, right? Yeah. Um. So Devonta Smith, I love him as a talent, but I would potentially use this big game and leverage it to potentially buy what you need. Right, so yeah. if you need a running back, if you need a higher end wide receiver, like I wouldn't, I would still consider Devontae Smith like a low end wide receiver three right now. Like I don't consider him, you know, a high end wide receiver three anything like that. Maybe he's a mid wide receiver three at this point. But if you're trying to, you know, elevate your team and and potentially have a wide receiver one, maybe you package him up and uh, use him as like the main part of your deal to try to get to try to upgrade in a two for one type of situation. Um, yeah. that's how I would treat it. I, I wouldn't look at this like, all right, cool. Like I can start Devonta Smith every single week. That might be the case, but I think regardless, you can probably upgrade to something better. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing, you know, you talk about selling Devonta Smith, him being part of a good offense or any player being part of a good offense is going to raise their value significantly. Cause you know, you don't look at it. I, I, at least I don't look at it as necessarily like, Oh, Devonta Smith, this is a total outlier performance could never happen again. It's like, no. This is a good offense. You know, am I counting on it happening again? No, but could it? Yes. And that just that uh, just the idea of having a player on a good offense will raise their value a little bit, especially when we're talking about trades, that kind of thing. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I just want to bring up Clyde with Hilaire real quick. Seven carries for zero yards and a touchdown uh, in the run game this week. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, he did he did catch a few balls in the receiving game too. So I just want to give him a little credit for, credit there. Uh, but just thought that stat line was hilarious. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just gonna go ahead and take the L on James Robinson right now. Okay. <laughs> 17 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. I was not expecting the Jaguars to blow the Chargers out in LA. No. Okay. 38 no. to 10. Uh, but it happened. Doug Peterson, he's riding the ship in a big way, man. You know, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, he's looking like he's potentially taking that next step forward. Okay, next week, tough matchup, you know, for this offense against Philly. But this matchup against the Chargers was supposed to be an overall tough matchup too, right? Especially in the past game. Yeah. Uh, but they look fine, right? Granted, like, the Chargers were a little banged up. You know, Joey Bosa went down in that game. They were missing Jesse yes. Jackson. And you don't want to make excuses. But, you know, it's just something to note. The Eagles have a lot of star power on defense. Yes, yes. Now, it is clear at this point that Robinson is their primary rusher and that they want to feed him, right? Travis Etienne, he's playing the pass-catching role right now. And if you get, if they're going to be in positive game scripts, if they're going to be in neutral game scripts, James Robinson is going to be the guy to touch the ball first, and he's going to be the guy that's capable of hitting that you know 20-touch threshold, right? The only time yeah. at this point, the way their roles are lined up, if they're down, Etienne will likely be the guy on the field, right? He's going to be the guy you know on in the two-minute offense, on passing downs, when they're trying to catch up. But as of right now, the Jaguars are actually looking pretty good. Uh, yeah. So this is not the same old Jaguars that we know. Uh, so completely changed. So James Robinson, man, like you got to give this guy some credit. Coming back after a torn Achilles, 
with that type of competition, that's some good shit right there. Yeah, no, it's just I'm I'm looking at it right now. Is it true that he's the RB two? <laughs> I think he's the RB three. Well, hold on, let me see. Um, is he the RB two? PPR. He could be. He could be. PPR. But is he it could true be that he's the RB two. Like that is just insane. Especially with Travis Etienne in the backfield, you know, Etienne's he's not in, he's not a talent to sneeze at, you know, and that's yes, yes, actually in points. Uh, so Saquon didn't play yet. So Saquon right now true. is leading the league uh, in in points, points per, per game. game. So right. James Robinson is third. So Saquon Barkley is the RB one right now in points per game, uh, pending tonight. Obviously, Nick Chubb is RB two, and James Robinson is RB three. Regardless, you know, you know, if you're a Travis Etienne owner, uh, it's tough. But um, feel good story for James Robinson. He's looking really good, and you know he doesn't even look like he's lost a step, which is he looks good, man. Mm-hmm. James I, Robinson I mean, looks good. I watch him run, and he looks good. Um, you know, you watch Travis Etienne run, and he looks like super like electric. Like I don't even yeah. know how to explain it for Travis Etienne. That's the only thing you have working for you as Travis Etienne owner is that his talent is not going to uh, hurt him. He's going to be on the field because of his talent. You watch Travis Etienne; he's like bouncing off of guys and like cutting hard like he just looks like oh, yeah. out of a video game um, travis Etienne looks good too you're right i mean yeah. he looks really good and if james robinson were to ever get hurt you know that's kind of like the path that Etienne, you know would need in order for him to become a high-end fantasy uh relevant player uh right. and if that ever happens though like Etienne has legit rb1 upside uh but until then james robinson is the guy to start yeah. obviously and we could look at Travis Etienne, I think, as, you know, he's he has standalone value, but I think he's an elite-level handcuff up there with Alexander Madison, 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Zay Jones, he led the Jaguars in targets with 11 in this game. Obviously, Christian Kirk is still the guy there, uh, but Zay Jones caught 10 of them for 85 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, that's two games now out of three where he had nine or more targets. So I know Zay Jones isn't your – typical fantasy relevant guy and he's done this before where he kind of flashed here and there but they did pay him okay so he's someone to think about adding on the wave wire after his big game this week don't expect a ton of production but yeah he could have some wide receiver three weeks in him mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think that's true um christian kirk is definitely the guy to have in this offense but you know zay jones i i, I said um that the jaguars went quantity over quality and i still believe that you know, Zay Jones, I think he's just a guy, but he has shown that, you know, he has a bit of a rapport with Trevor Lawrence at this point. Um, you could pick him up on the waiver if he's there. And you might even be able to start him. I'm starting him at flex. I'm not starting him at wide receiver two or anything like that. Oh, no, um, no. But yeah. This is more like if you, if you need a wide receiver and you're a little bit desperate and there's nothing much on the waiver wire, he might be. Yeah. He might be available. And it's not even that, you know, he's not like a desperate, he's not the most desperate receiver no. you could pick up. So, you know, there's that there's value there. You're not going to get much. No one's going to be trading for him. And no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good add on to my trade. But, you know, yeah. he could be a, a good pinch starter. Yep. Now, the Rams backfield was split once again, uh, but they ha- each had their own roles. Like Aker was the primary ball carrier, but Henderson uh, ran three times more routes than Akers in this game. Uh, so, you know, Henderson was also on the field for three of their five goal line snaps. So yeah. Akers. And and Acres fumbled on the goal line, right? That that can't be good. Uh, that's not going to do him any favors. Uh, but I do think he is the more startable guy out of the two. Uh, Acres is. I think he's like a flex play with touchdown upside, right? He's, he, he's on a good offense and he could potentially get those touchdowns. Um, but Henderson is going to get his work too on those goal line snaps as well. So, it, it, you know, it, it might be a little bit of an annoying situation, but it, it, he's definitely in a better spot. Acres is in a better spot than he was after Week One. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, Cam Akers. I think he's much closer to the usage that we were anticipating. You know, the split has kind of become fifty-fifty um, in yeah. terms of the value of the work that they're getting. You know, you say Daryl yeah. Henderson. He only had four carries. Henderson did, but he did run a lot of routes. Um, you know, the value of the work that he's getting is kind of matching up with you know Cam Akers getting the majority of the the actual ground game carries. Yeah. But um, you know, if you're Daryl Henderson, he, you see he didn't score very many points. Um, I think, you know, it, it's just been a weird year so far for the Rams offense because they still don't look as good as they should be. And right. it, 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 so if, you, if you're a Daryl Henderson owner or if you're Cam Akers owner, you know, you, they should be doing more scoring. I feel like there's better days ahead for them. 
Um, you might be panicking if you have Daryl Henderson, but I would just hold on. If you're if the cam anchors might be panicking, okay, these guys aren't going to produce ever. You know, they're not going to separate themselves from each other on any given week. Um, just give it time. The teams are still jolly. We we just saw the Bengals' offense kind of come on, like we predicted they would against the Jets. So um, the Rams might be right around the corner. I mean, even though Cooper Cup has been getting it done, and they are two and one, but um, I, I think there are better days ahead for the Rams' offense. I'm with you. Um, I, I'm not. You know, I, I I totally understand. There's a lot of people who want to drop Allen Robinson at this point. You know, yeah. and. I am not one of those people. Like, he still had a 20% target share in this game. You know, I think is Cooper Cup only had, like, one more target than him, if I'm not mistaken. It was uh, actually, Cooper, yeah, it was a quiet day. Uh, uh, two more yeah, targets. Yeah, one, so, no, one more target it was. Was it one more? Okay, so one more target. More exceptions, and, one more target. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it was a quiet day for Cooper Cup, quiet day for Allen Robinson. This passing offense, you know, wasn't really doing their thing. I would just, like relax with that you know what i'm saying like i think al robinson he almost had a two touchdown day uh in week two he got he came through with the touchdown i think this like like you said zach this offense isn't really in rhythm right now the only thing that was in rhythm was cooper cup getting it done over the first two weeks didn't really get it done in week three he did have the rushing touchdown which is great yeah but but he didn't get you know what he usually gets in the past game which is like you know nine catches and over 100 yards right so mm-hmm. you know the Arizona defense did a, did a good job kind of stifling their pass game for the most part, stifling their, their wide receivers. And I wouldn't panic drop Allen Robinson. You know what I mean? He's still somebody that you can start as a wide receiver three, even as a flex, right? He, he, I think the three-week sample is not enough to say like, hey, I'm I'm dropping him, right? Look, he did. He's doing better than Elijah Moore. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? He's doing better than a lot of these guys, you know, who aren't who isn't scoring. So he's on a good offense. They're going to get better. Just hold L Robinson. If you don't want to start him, great. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. But I wouldn't be dropping him because if, if someone drops Allen Robinson on the waiver wire, I'm picking his ass up pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And Because you, you just look at the offense, and we know that Robinson has the talent. It's just been, like I said, weird year so far for offenses. Um, The Rams just aren't in rhythm. They will get in rhythm. And you have to remember just what you drafted him for, the upside that you drafted him for, to have the complimentary role of Cooper Cup in an awesome offense. Um. The Rams haven't gotten there yet. Like I said, they, I'm yeah. just, you know, repeating what you said. Give it time. Yeah. Be patient. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, Marquise Brown, he had 17 targets in that game. You know, count that accounted for 30% target share. Finally had the big game, right? What we were kind of waiting for and expecting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he caught 14, uh, 14 passes for 140 yards. This Rams passing defense, by the way, has been extremely vulnerable to perimeter wide receivers over the first three weeks. So, Whoever they're going up against, just start them. Like next yeah. week, they're going up against the 49ers. Obviously, you're starting Debo Samuel, but I'll start Brandon Ayuk against them, like as a wide receiver three. Um, because yeah. they have been, and I'll, we'll talk about this, like, you know, in when we get the rankings out, but the Rams have been brutal. So, you know, in terms of, well, good, good for fantasy, you know, yeah. but brutal in terms of defending them. Um, so yeah, start those guys next week. Romeo Dubs ended up leading the Packers in targets this week. He caught all eight of them for, from Aaron Rodgers, including the touchdown. He's someone that you should be prioritizing on waivers if he's available in your league. He ran the most routes among all Packers wide receivers in Sammy Watkins' absence. He was placed on IR. So, But even when Watkins comes back, you know, his starting job might be gone to yeah. Romeo Dubs. So Romeo Dubs is ha- has the opportunity. He got the opportunity in this game. He came through in a big way. Aaron Rodgers seems to trust him. Remember, everyone was talking about those drop balls in camp in preseason. Romeo Dubs caught all eight of those targets. Yeah. So it's a real shot here that Aaron Rodgers might have found his number one wide receiver. Um, and it might be Romeo Dubs. It's only one game, but it's looking promising right now. Yeah, and much more promising than it was, you know, even last week or the week before, where we weren't sure who was going to be starting. Um, Christian Watson missing the game definitely gave Romeo Dubs the room to break out. And you know, I think Dubs really did himself a lot of favors and his fantasy owners a lot of favors by catching, like you said, all eight of his targets because that'll build a little bit of trust with Aaron Rodgers. And we know that Aaron Rodgers can get the ball to his receivers very well. It's just a matter of them, you know, catching it and going with what they need to do. Uh, Rodgers is surgical. If you watch if you watch a game, Dubs looked good. Like, you know, we talk about the eye test and we've, we've talked about how he's not maybe as athletic as Christian Watson, um, his, his uh, fellow rookie receiver. But Dubs looks like super reliable, 
And that's what you're looking for as a quarterback. And they're going to get the ball a lot. And in PPR, you know, Dubs is, I think, a really good value. He has more values in PPR right now. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to sustain the touchdown production, but because um, there are a lot of targets on that offense. But Dubs looks good. He's the receiver to have, I think, even over Alan Lazard at this point. Because Lazard, he's been all right. He hasn't been great. Yeah, just like his career. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, I hope you stuck with Kyle Pitts for another week. Uh, he caught five of eight targets for 87 yards, 40% target share this week. So that's good. That's what we want. However, still disappointing. <laughs> not all good because he only ran 17 routes in this game. Now, 50%, you know, threat rate, you know what I'm saying? P- pretty damn good. Let's targets per route run. Uh, but only 65% route participation. Like, what the hell are they doing in Atlanta with Kyle Pitts? Like, uh, it doesn't make any football. sense. That's what they say. That's what Arthur Smith says. Can, 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 we, can we get can we get this guy some proper usage, dude? Like yeah. it was a good bounce back for him, but still some usage concerns with him right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's no reason for him to not be getting the targets. I mean, obviously they did draft uh, Drake London, so and he got some targets. He actually had a touchdown, yeah. so he he looks good. That's what you drafted him for to use him, and that's the type of usage I think we anticipated. But um, you know. It's just so difficult to fathom because here's outside of Garrett, uh, not Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Who else is there to throw to? It's like, it's not going to be Olamide Zacchaeus. It's not going to be any of these other guys that they have on offense. And somehow they're just sitting there getting Kyle Pitts. Like, like you said, eight targets isn't even enough for Kyle Pitts. This is a unicorn. You drafted the unicorn and we keep talking about it. You drafted him in the, it was fourth overall to have him sit and have this type of production. He shouldn't be off the field. Yeah, like, you're, don't, bar- don't go you're off the field. Right, you're barely scraping by, and you know maybe we're overestimating um his uh, stamina. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I, he I was think... fine the first three we- first two weeks. He was fine. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's like you drafted Kyle Pitts this high, and it's hard to imagine that Pitts himself isn't upset about it either. You know, so it's like it's we weren't expecting it to be a good offense, but we weren't expecting this same type of mediocre production from last season to carry over. Like we thought, oh, maybe Matt Ryan was a problem. It's just a bad offense. You know, the offensive line isn't very good. Um, Mariota's throwing the ball. It's not like he's not, you know. So the fact that Pitts isn't getting a notable number of cat uh, targets, uh, it's just disappointing. The expectations were super high. So maybe um, we're just being, you know, we have or maybe our expectations were too high. Um, but you have to think there's more for Kyle Pitts. I'm okay with the eight targets, you know what I mean? Because I think he'll be productive with those eight targets, but you can't be running around only 65% of dropbacks when Drake London, and Drake London too, why is he off the field? 77% yeah. of dropbacks. <laughs> Just keep him on the field for every play, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, it's only 26 you know routes available for the entire game. You know, they're primarily, you know, run-heavy offense, um, but still, man, these yeah. guys need to see more. Anyway, so yeah, so like it's looking like, uh, you know, a, a really good Monday Night Football game tonight. Look, really looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> listen. Tonight's one of those nights. Well, I'm going to be putting a lot on underdog. You know, yeah. You use code upper hand when you do sign up for underdog, but still, man, like I got a lot uh, of of that today, and I do have my picks up on the Instagram uh, for tonight's game. But anyway, uh, I think that's all we got, dude. Um, for yeah. the review. We are going to uh, go over all the waiver wire pickups. Like we talked about a few of them in this episode, but tomorrow will be our actual list and we'll have an overlay up on here for you to kind of go over that list uh, and who we're picking up first, how much fab we're going to be spending uh, on these guys and all that. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Uh, That's going to be tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Zach, take it easy, brother. Everyone, thanks a lot for joining. Appreciate you. See ya.